Now, I'm guessing none of you are racing out to buy a funeral. Well, not by choice anyway, which makes marketing a real challenge for today's guest, who's a funeral director. Listen in as she explains how she's built a lively little business in just 18 months. It's dead simple. Oh, that's two dad jokes already. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Australia's number one marketing show. I am your host, Timbo Reed, but you, right there, walking the dog, driving to work, doing what something you love, I hope, are a motivated small business owner ready to crank out some great marketing. And that is what we do on this show. That's why this show exists. And boy, oh boy, we've got a big show for you today. But before I tell you what we're going to cover, what about that intro? Another big thank you to Lockie Dolly, who recorded that very kindly for me without me asking. Lockie is Jimmy Barnes's, um keyboard player, and he has just done a gig with the Rolling Stones. How cool is that? So, Lockie, mate, thank you so much for that, and well done on your newborn little fellow who uh, joined us in this world about six weeks ago. Well done, mate. Hey, big show today, team. I am talking to a funeral director, and uh, I'm looking forward to that chat. And she's a new funeral director, too, only been in business 18 months and uh, has never done anything like that before, and she's built a thriving little business. That is an interesting chat. I've got a listener question. I'm going to shed some light on how to find more time to create a second income stream for a business in the Scottish Highlands. It's a terrible version of a Scottish accent, by the way. I have got a forum faux pas that I'm going to share with you that gave me a little bit of a chuckle inspirational quote of the week, and some really big news on upcoming guests. I'm excited what is ahead. Righto, let the marketing gold start dripping from the ceiling. Small Business Big Marketing with Tim Reid. Smallbusinessbigmarketing.com Okay, before we get stuck into the listener question, which is an absolute ripper, I want to share with you two solutions to help lighten your marketing load. Number one, net registry, okay? If you are struggling with any aspect of your online marketing, if you are struggling with your website, with getting found on Google, with choosing the right domain name for your business or getting your website hosted, or maybe with Google AdWords, they are there to help you. Net registry, that's what they do. They get your online marketing sorted. So I encourage you to head over to netregistry.com.au and ask them what they can do for you in terms of that sometimes often confusing world that is online marketing. You don't need to know it all because net registry do. Netregistry.com.au and tell them Timbo sent you. Whilst on the topic of lightening your marketing load, head over to 99designs.com forward slash SBBM. Why should you do that, you ask? 
because if you have something you need designed in your business, then 99designs is the place to get it done. Unbelievably inexpensive, seven-day turnaround. We're talking getting business cards designed, brand identity packs designed, car wraps, T-shirts, brochures, websites, you name it, 99designs is where you do it. The premise is a design competition. That's right. You write a brief, which they help you with. You post the brief. You then get designers from all around the world responding to your brief with finished designs, not proposals, finished designs. Expect dozens and dozens of finished designs delivered to you for you to review and then award your prize money to the winning design after seven days. It's pretty amazing. If you haven't tried it, I encourage you to do it. I found my designer all those years ago on 99designs. It's a fantastic service. And the great thing is 100% money back guarantee if you're not happy. So it's risk-free team. If you have anything that you need designed, head over to 99designs.com forward slash SBBM and you'll get an exclusive listener offer of a turbocharged pack, which means you'll get, a hundred, on average, 185% more designers responding to your brief. That's pretty good, huh? Two ways to lighten your marketing load. Small business, big marketing with Tim Reid. Okay, now long-time listener, Peter McIntosh, has sent in a question. It goes like this. He says, hello, Timbo. We've exchanged emails before, and I love your show. There isn't anything else quite like it. Thank you, Peter. And we have. I I recall your business, a lovely little guest house. I'm picturing up in the Scottish highlands, the hills. I imagine it's cold and bleak, but uh, you've got a warm log fire going. That's that's how I picture it. Pete says, I have a question that is maybe worth asking a few entrepreneurs as I'm sure everyone has different answers, and I'm sure many others are wondering the same thing. My wife and I run a guest house in Scotland, and I seem to be busy all the time, as I'm sure all small business owners are. Well, that's certainly the truth. Although I could argue it's a bit of a limiting belief. Are we busy on the right things? But we'll come to that. He goes on to say, but I am very keen to start an additional business or income stream. Nice, Pete. Like the way you're thinking, mate. So how do I create the time to start up a second business? How do I detach myself from the original business? How have others done it and what have they learned in the process? Or because I have been doing this for eight years and have always pushed to improve the business, am I the kind that cannot take the next step and let my original business suffer? This is my biggest line of thought at the moment and I thought I'd air it with you. Thanks, Timbo. Thank you, Peter. Mate, there's lots of questions there, but I like the way you're thinking. You're thinking long-term, right? And as you know, you can't sell your hours forever. Boy, you can, but you're going to feel unfulfilled. And it isn't a great idea to find time to start a second income stream and maybe one, just maybe, that doesn't rely on you selling your hours. So your main question there, Pete, is how do you create more time? Let me give you some insights from uh, my own personal experience and having spoken to so many entrepreneurs and successful small business owners over the five years that I've been doing this show. Number one, delegate things you dislike doing. Sounds like you're a bit of a control freak, Pete, 
peaked, I should say, and you need to give some stuff up. So that stuff you don't like doing, even though you've not yet found someone to do it for you, you need to work harder to replace, to put someone in place that can do those things you dislike. Number two, identify tasks that don't need doing. Are you doing things because you've always done them? You know, look hard at what you're doing and remove those things entirely that don't need doing, that aren't producing a sufficient business outcome for you. And just stop doing them. Test this. You don't have to, it's not set in concrete. Test it. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, go back to doing them. Number three, analyze how you spend your downtime. I honestly believe that. Us motivated business owners, we use our downtime effectively. Pete, are you putting your feet up in front of the TV? Which is okay. We've all got to find time to just do nothing, to switch off. But maybe there's some downtime time in your life where you could be allocating to building that second income stream. Got to work hard to make life a bit easier sometimes. Now, I have just put inside the Small Business Big Marketing Forum an exclusive members-only interview with Kate Christie from Time Stylers, a business that she promises to find you 30 hours extra per month using her five-step process. Hey, listen to this, a little synopsis. of how she came to develop it. She says, I developed a process that helped me track my time. Next, I identified a series of simple, smart, and mostly, most importantly to me, sustainable solutions to manage my time smarter. After tracking my changes over a period of 90 days, I was ecstatic to have gained back 30 hours a month, which I've been able to sustain. What, was my, what my process showed me was that having it all did not mean I had to do it all. Hey, and that's the premise of Kate's five-step process to finding more time. And she goes into detail of each of those five steps in this exclusive members-only interview that sits inside the Small Business Big Marketing Forum. Now, uh, and you can find that by going to a new domain, guys. I haven't shared this one before. It'll redirect you straight to the forum page. Go to crankmymarketing.com, and that'll take you to the forum page where you can become a member real quick. Now, Pete, if you do find that extra time, some ideas for you to generate the extra income, look into affiliate marketing. Look in, and that's where you sell someone else's product online and generate a commission. So find some products that do offer affiliate commission and uh, that are, are of interest to you, and you may well have some success. There's lots of great teachings on affiliate marketing online. Just Google it. You could start a podcast, Pete, on on your local area. I reckon you know a lot about your local area, and you could well get some tourism sponsors, uh, tour, tour, tourism operators to sponsor that show. Or you could start a forum for other guest house owners to um, – kind of come together like I have with the Small Business Big Marketing Forum, develop that community where people can hang out, share their experiences, ask questions, and you could do that as well, Pete. Hey, Pete, uh, thanks for your question, mate, and I wish you all the luck, and do report back if you make some breakthroughs in finding that extra time to develop a second income. Okay, now, speaking of the forum, I made 
the funniest faux pas uh, yesterday. I had a new member join, and when a new member joins, the first thing they do is introduce themselves in a little section of the forum called the Welcome Mat, and Johnny Leary introduced himself, and I got in there and said, Welcome, Johnny. Uh, he, he Part of his introduction was that he kind of apologised uh, for his website, that it wasn't up to scratch, which many, amazing how many people do that. Anyway, I said to Johnny, G'day, Johnny, and welcome to the inner circle. I've always admired you blokes. He's a builder who can uh, build large things that people live in. Mate, I've seen worse websites. Well, one is what I wrote. What I meant to say was, well done. <laughs> and Johnny wrote, geez, Tim, you know, like, I know the website's crook, but I didn't think it was that bad. Um, so it's funny. One letter difference, and it was a criticism, and as opposed to a pat on the back. So, uh, Johnny, mate, I want to uh, officially apologize for that little faux pas. And uh, I'm glad you saw the humour in it after I explained myself. Again, listeners, head over to crankmymarketing.com if you want to join us inside the inner circle, inside the Small Business Big Marketing Forum, and move your business forward with some really smart marketing. Small Business Big Marketing with Tim Reid. Okay, let's get stuck in to today's guest, a funeral director nonetheless. Now, um, I got introduced to her by a listener, Jeremy Dawes, and I'll give you a business a plug, Jeremy, jezweb.net. Jeremy says, hi, Tim, you said somewhat jokingly that you would like to interview an undertaker, and it caught my attention, as I know a successful woman in Melbourne who started a funeral business less than two years ago and has made great strides in what seems to be a fairly old boys network industry. Carly has an interesting story and has made her reputation online with web and social her primary marketing, and it's well bonded to her personality. Fantastic, fantastic insights there already, Jeremy. Uh, So I thought, you know what, I do want to interview a funeral director because, you know... That's tough. They're, you know, people don't want to buy funerals. We're forced to buy them. So how does Carly go about her marketing? That was my big question. And added to that, how did she or why did she go and start a funeral business when she was in corporate IT for 20 years and her husband was a police officer? Oh, so many questions. Let's get stuck right in. Here's Carly. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together hooky, the Adams family. Carly Dalton from Greenhaven Funerals, welcome to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. Thank you, Tim. Now, uh, I don't reckon this is, having already had a quick chat to you offline, I don't think this is going to be too somber a discussion, Carly. No, I don't think so at all. You know, you're 18 months in to starting your first funeral business. Um, you must have some pretty funny stories already, I'm guessing. Have you got a, you got a quick short story you can share with us? Um, look, I, I think if, you know, if I look back at the last 18 months at, at what we've done, really um, I could write a small novel, you know. You, you think about we've done 175 funerals in 18 months mm-hmm. and – Every single funeral is like a small story. 
you know, different family dynamics, different situation where the deceased has passed away. And we do, we, we've been asked to do pretty much absolutely everything from, you know, funerals in fun parks to paddocks. And uh, I think the biggest one we've done is in a basketball stadium with 800 people. So we went in just trying to just, you know, provide a lovely service and we've found ourselves to be, you know, event managers um, in, with all different sorts of dynamics and, and variables going on. Well, I love you, you. You didn't finish that sentence because you, you earlier you said you're event managers for the deceased. Yes. Which is a great way to frame it. You know, like I think if we can frame our businesses in a way that's more emotional than it is rational, it kind of it brings it to life. Yes. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Yes, yes. <laughs> and look, you know, people, when um, my husband and I said we're going to start a funeral home, they said, oh, my God, what, you know, what are you, what are you thinking? And I said, look, you know, I really believe that funeral service belongs with smaller business. It's a very, very... Um, uh, I don't know, it, It's you need a very personal service. The service mm-hmm. needs to be very intimate and customised to the family and what they need and it needs to reflect the life of the individual who's passed. So I really, you know, as much as I respect what the big corporate firms do, I, I don't know that they can provide the level of customised service that we can and I know mm-hmm. that we've become very famous for in a very short period of time. Well, I really want to find out how you did that. But before we do that, before we get into the marketing of funerals, I'm really keen. You had a long background in corporate. Yes. Your husband is an ex-policeman. Yes. Uh, You both got fed up with the kind of working for the man way of life, I'm guessing. Yes. But you could have done... You might. It might have been three or four things that you could have chosen to do. Why funerals? Um. I had a very short, or not short stint. I had a. Um, I ran my own HR consulting business for three years prior to starting the funeral home. So I love the mm-hmm. idea of working for myself, going out, developing relationships, and networking, and you know, um, really going out there and working very hard. And if I didn't obviously work hard and provide a good service, we didn't have any money and we can't pay the bills. So I think I got a taste for that. But I guess what I thought is, uh, what is what is there out there in terms of providing a service where people ring you because they really, really need you? They have a situation where they've got no idea what to do and when you have someone pass away, many families find themselves in that situation. They have no idea. They're really stressed and upset and they just need your help. And mm-hmm. what I've fa- what we've found is, um, you know, we can help, you know. We know what to do. We can take away that stress and we can get everything organised for them so they can celebrate their loved one's life. Okay. So that kind of played into your strength, your passion of helping people when they're kind of mm, under the pump or, you know, not in the best of places, their best of mind space. Um, But you and hubby must have sat around the kitchen table. he's, He's coming out of the police force and gone, yeah. It's funerals all the way. Did you look at the industry and go, um, it's under-marketed or over-marketed or it's a boys' club and we there's a gap for us? What, what did that conversation sound like? Um, well, I think I was probably the one who came up with the idea and said, I think, you know, I would like to run a funeral home or open a funeral home. And my husband said, oh, my God, what are you thinking? 
Uh-huh. And I said, look, you know, I really think it's something we could add value to. And I said, your skills translate directly across dealing with people in crises, you know, mm. getting them calm, getting them focused on what to do next. I said, we're both problem solvers. So Tim was a problem solver in the police force. And in my role as a HR person, you're always solving problems with people who are, you know, stressed out or, you know, different situations. So we're both very good at problem solving and, and working with uh, individuals in all different sorts of situations. So, Great. yeah, and, and it really just, it just fits the whole work. I love every element of this work. Um, Tim's When you just, before you go on, yes. Kelly, like you've just gone through, you've identified both of your skill sets yes. and you've not even, not even laterally, it, laterally thinking doesn't even come into it because you've just identified an industry that plays right into what you're good at. Yeah, um, yes. Different to IT, different to the police, but um, so many of the same things, strengths are required. So I've got to know then, you go, okay, funeral director it is. Yes. How do you start a funeral home? Um, look, for me, uh, when, I, when I first travelled down this path, I could not find any information anywhere. No one would speak to me. No one would let me know how this industry works. So I went to... Ah, closed, <laughs> closed community. Absolutely, absolutely closed. So um, there was a trade show on in Sydney and I cashed in some frequent flyer points and I flew up there and um, and I was like a kid in a lolly shop, you know. I, I spent the whole day out there talking to all the suppliers all the, and I was telling everyone, I'm going to open a funeral home and they looked at me like I was a nut. You know? Did they? Did, were, were they were they down on you, negative towards you? Didn't want another one, or just thought you were crazy? I think they just thought I was um, quite peculiar, and um, you know. But I had so many all these show bags and all their business cards and brochures and catalogs and price lists, and I just said, look. You know, it, it might take us a little while, but I'll be calling you, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. asking for samples and whatever. And I remember meeting a business development manager of a coffin, a major coffin manufacturer, and I said, I'm going to open a funeral home. And he said, yeah, right, that sounds like a great idea. Good good luck with that. Ah, sarcasm <laughs> right there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the next thing um, he knew, I was uh, working in a branch of one of the bigger corporate funeral homes. Mm-hmm. And I said, hi, you know, remember me? And he's like, oh, my God, you were serious. I said, yeah, no, no, I'm deadly serious, pardon the pun, but I, this is something I was very, you know, focused on. And mm-hmm. then the next thing, time I called him, I was, um, we'd opened Greenhaven and I was asking for his catalogue and price list. And he thought, Love it. Yeah, yeah. So, just, you know, I think it's not the sort of industry that um, welcomes you in, uh, that's for mm-hmm. sure, but it's... Uh, Would have been dead quiet, I guess. It was dead <laughs> Well, when we put the shingle out and said we do funerals and we had a place to work from and everything, you know, lined up, it was a, it was very quiet. But the phone started yeah. to ring after a week. You know, we were really surprised. So. Okay. Well, I'm keen to understand how that happened. But yep. before you do that, yep. you, so you have you've a funeral director it is, you've headed up to Sydney on some frequent flyer points, you've attended the expo, you've got all these business cards contacts, yes. you've got all these people going, you're crazy. Yes. I'm guessing like, what, 90% of the people you met going, you're mad, you're crazy, it'll never work. Yes. Might have been the odd person who said, good luck, you know, I hope it works for you. Yes. You've come back, you've maintained your excitement. Yes. Um, do you what? Do you register a business name and hang a shingle out, or have you got to do some training of some sort? Yeah, well, um, I went off and did a certificate for in funeral service operations. So mm-hmm. I felt very strongly, and I guess given my background in HR and training, you know, I think if you're going to follow a certain path, you need to um, 
to undertake the training as well to ensure that technically you know what you're doing. Um, so I went and, uh, you know, invested a fair bit of money to go and do that course and go and work in a funeral home in Brisbane to get a practical placement as well. Um, and with that course, you know... Now, does that... Sorry, does that... Because you're in Melbourne, did that mean you moved out of home for a while to make this happen? Yeah. So I had to go um, for a couple of times up to Brisbane to do my practical placement. Ah. Um, and then obviously you're studying by remote, but you have a, a, I guess, a weekly conversation with, you know, a funeral director who's you know, third generation funeral director slash trainer who is mm-hmm. engaged and, you know, is there to really walk you through all the all the elements of running a funeral home, you know, the legal requirements, um, the OH&S requirements, the technical, you know, how do you work in a mortuary, how do you manage a mortuary, and then, you know, the practical. And I went up to Brisbane and I actually got to work in a mortuary and able to see different cases and, and do different preparations as well. So. So I suppose, I mean, the first time you saw a dead yeah. body, or that's a tautology, isn't it? Yes. A body. Um, that wasn't in your own business. You'd kind of, that was, you'd be, you'd become used um, to that. Yeah. So I guess when I was working with the, the larger corporate firm, um, you do some work experience with that. And, um, you know, you, I, you had to sort of go into the mortuary. And I loved it. You know, mm. it's, a, it's probably one of the most uh, fascinating parts of the work that I do um, mm. and and something that I would hate to ever give up because for me being able to, uh, you know, prepare someone for their funeral and, you know, um, let their family view them one more time is one of the mm. best parts of this work. It's, it's, you know, it's fantastic to be able to do that. So you're, you're 18 yes. months in, never run a funeral home of, uh, no. before, uh, the phone rang within the first yes. week. How'd that feel? Um, we didn't, uh, I, don't, I think. <laughs> Were there? <laughs> Look, I don't think we believed it. And when they said, yeah. is that the funeral director? We said, oh, yes, it is. And they said, oh, you know, mum's passed away. Can you help? And I said, yes, we can, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. basically I couldn't wait to just say, look, where do you live? I'm going to come and see you right now and uh, we'll pick up mum and look after her and we'll come and look after you and everything will be fine. Don't worry. I just couldn't wait to see them, <laughs> you know, mm. so. I could, and yeah. I was probably too excited, but I was so excited that actually someone wanted to ring us and ask for help, you know. How'd they find you? Like, how, how did they physically find you? Did Was it a sign that you had? Uh, or? Look, the, for us, the internet has been amazing, you know. So right. we had a really good website um, that we, you know, spent a lot of time uh, writing the content and really just putting our personal touch on, you know, on the website. Um, we've had a Facebook page from day one and we've used Google AdWords like every other funeral home does, you know, in Australia. But I think... You know, it's the internet. Um, had... So that, that's a general yeah. statement. The, the, well, the internet is amazing. Mm. I mean, it's changed marketing forever. But yeah, you've got a good website. I'm looking at it now. It, it's it's yes. thorough. Um, what what part of the internet has been so amazing for you? Have, what have you? I'm not sure how. We, I don't want to geek my listeners out, but have you spent a lot of time on the back end with the metadata? Have you just created lots of amazing content? What part has been amazing? Um, look, I think, you know, the website, um, the company that helped me to build the website, um, they went, they spent a lot of time optimizing each page for keywords, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. Uh, one thing that we've uh, got onto very quickly uh, was a, a business called Womo, Word of Mouth Online. And I guess you get a feel for when you've looked after a family and if you think that they would like to share their experience, um, 
using us as a funeral service providers, um, we've asked them would they write a referral or a testimonial. We can't put those testimonials on there. They have to do that themselves. So it's something, it's a, it's a third-party managed site. But for us, it's been amazing because families volunteer. They say, Where, I want to write a recommendation, you, you know, on your business and the service you provide and they go there we point them in the direction say look this is the what we use and that comes up now higher than our website does sometimes that page with the referrals uh now you can't put testimonials on your site because is that an industry compliance Um, thing we if you look on our website it's got the uh the widget where the womos come through i can't touch that so if people want to write a bad review a good review whatever they write it up there um but it's a we just say, look, don't put it on, don't write it directly to us. Put it on this uh, word of mouth online website, and that'll come mm-hmm. scrolling through our website. Um, that's just how it's set up. But, but yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Do you have the opportunity to respond Absolutely, to those? And we do. You know, we. Yeah, that's yeah. powerful. And it's been really good because it gives people confidence that even though we're a small operation, we really do care. We take the time to understand what they want in in a. Uh, a celebration of life service and we go out of our way to make everything exactly how they want. So, you know, we don't do, you know, thousands of funerals a year and, you know, we really, you know, we're set up, we're only small, but the families that do come to us get the best of service and the best of care. So, and it's there, the testimonies are there, you know. How have you gone about figuring out what your offer is? Because that, that you could say, well, that's a pretty obvious question. It's a funeral. People need, you know, a coffin and a service and a venue. And, you know, there's, there's, there's certain boxes that need to be ticked. But what what does – and, and I get, I, I, I'm, a, I'm sure you offer this amazing personalised service, which sets you yeah. apart. But, but what else kind of what, – what does set you apart from what would be a very crowded marketplace? Yeah. Look, I think – We've got a bit of a, a focus on green and environmentally friendly uh, style funerals. So we do offer um, a range in that area and we find that that's becoming of interest to a larger part of the market. Is, yep. Okay. Uh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I'll put my skeptical skeptics hat on here. Hang on. I'll just yep. get it. <laughs> is, is it are people really, really going, oh, I want a green, whatever a green yes. funeral is? Yeah. So really, yeah. I mean, if you talk green, all it is is using um, a coffin or a shroud, a coffin made from sustainable natural materials, no glue, no varnish, you know, um, combustible handles mm-hmm. perhaps or just all wood with, you know, no chemicals or anything like that. Or they mm-hmm. want to be wrapped in a shroud and we did that the other day with a lady, you know, wrapped in a calico shroud before they're cremated in a wicker basket or wrapped in a, cal- in a beautiful silk and hemp and calico shroud and placed in the ground, in a natural burial ground. So a lot mm-hmm. of people, this is something that's of interest to a lot of people out there. Um, you know, everyone's trying to reduce their carbon footprint. It's something of interest to, you know, a big part mm-hmm. of the marketplace and they want to do that in death as well. So, so therefore, okay, so your green is something that people are asking for. How else do you figure out? Yeah. Uh, what offer? What, what your we, offer is? I always, when I'm sitting with the family, I always start with a blank. Um, I went off and, be, and trained to be a, a funeral celebrant as well. So, you know, not only am I looking after their loved one in the mortuary, preparing them for their funeral, but I can write the story of their life and create the ceremony. But I always start mm-hmm. with a blank piece of paper and say, "Well, how do you want to feel when this ceremony is finished? You know, do you want to feel thankful? Do you want to feel, you know, yeah, really happy that you had a chance to be in this person's life?" 
start at yes. the end. And then work back. And then we can say, you know, what sort of person were they? Would they have liked a church? Would they have liked a chapel? Do they want something out there like a yacht club to do their, you know, service in? Mm-hmm. Um, would they like uh, – we've got about 25 different locations in Melbourne that we hire according to the family's mm-hmm. needs and the personality of the individual. And we were out at Keelor at the Overnewton Castle the other day in their back sort of part of their garden, in amongst the trees, the sun was shining and it was an outdoor ceremony and it was just stunning. And this person loved nature and loved the garden. It was them, you know, so, yeah. Right. We really, yeah. I I love the idea. Starting at the end and and just figuring out what do you want to walk away with. I don't think enough business owners ask that, no matter what the industry. You know, what what does success look like to you, I think, is such a great question, you know, and then you go, okay, well, if that's what they're going to judge, if that's how they're going to judge us, then let's figure out what we need to do to yes, get us there. Yeah. Uh, great. What, what, internet's been good, yes. Carly. Um, Facebook, social media, what else are you doing from a marketing point of view? Do you have to drop a load onto advertising or any kind of other letter? Because it's a local business, so it letterbox drops or what We haven't we done anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I guess – what we've, what else we've been doing is trying to we 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 have identified who our um who our main partners in the community are and of course it's it's other healthcare providers so palliative care nursing homes you know care, people caring for the aged community health centres and we've right. developed um, a training in grief loss and bereavement. and you know it's something that I've developed with a palliative care uh, trainer. And she does. She's a nurse, and she trains palliative care workers. And um, so right. we've got something there. We invested a bit of invested a bit of money in it, but we deliver that training for free to any nursing home who wants it, um, any community centre, any RSL, any one that would benefit from grief loss bereavement training. We offer that training. So we're more of a community partner rather than just mm-hmm. someone who's there to look after, you know, the deceased in people's family. We're there to help afterwards you know so that they can maybe just work through their yep. whatever they're feeling as well you know you could sponsor the local bowls club because i reckon that's the game before yeah oh, we do that we do that and, we, and football <laughs> clubs and you know <laughs> football yeah, yeah. clubs they're, they're just young blokes running but, around their families <laughs> come and see them yeah true mm. true True. Oh, wow. So, um, what would you, from a budget marketing budget point of view, what do you think you'd spend a year on? On well, it's you're only in your second year, yes. aren't you? Um, well, I guess easily, um, probably about at least thirty thousand. I would imagine. Yep. You know, if you if you think of Google AdWords and then some sponsorship money, and we've just done all yep. the new signs on our new shop. You know, easily thirty thousand. You know, but I don't know. Yeah. Was real estate an important marketing strategy? Like, are you on a high street or are you on a, on a back um, road? Well, we've only recently um, just, uh, I guess, leased a, an office on, a, and it's on a high. Mm-hmm. It's, it is on a on a very busy road, um, but but that's only re- been a recent thing for us. So we've had a. And has that changed? Has it increased inquiry? Um, I well, we haven't been there long enough to. We've only been there a month, and this month probably, mm-hmm. you know. Out of the sixteen funerals we've done, fifteen have been referrals, and one has been off the internet. So it's not a good month to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, what do you do referrals? That's a, that's significant. Like fifteen out of sixteen refer have been referrals in yes. the last month. So, what do you do? You encourage referrals? Do you just let them happen? And what do you do uh, for the referee, if um, anything? Look, 
I guess we don't really do a lot. I mean, if I look at who's referred us, we've had some palliative care uh, centres giving out that they've asked for brochures and they're giving it out mm-hmm. to their families. Um, you know, we've had some hospitals who have, um, you know, with the children's units and that sort of thing, they've been giving out our brochures as well because we do have a bit of a speciality and focus in babies and children's funerals. Um, so, and then there's been a lot of families who've come back and we've started to look after you know, we've d- done a funeral for one of their family members in the last 12 months and they've come back because someone else has passed away. Right. So the families have said, no, you're our funeral home and we're coming to you. Um, we need your help again. So Now, what keeps you up at night? You're 18 months in. I'm sure uh, it sounds like it's been a pretty good journey so yes. far, but is there anything where you're just going, oh, gee, you and hubby sit down at night time and... <laughs> Look, I think for me, it, it, it's like any small business owner, you you like doing, well, I like doing everything in the business. There's not one thing I don't like doing, but I know if we're going to grow even a little bit bigger, I need to work out what I'm willing to let go of. And You're a control yeah, freak? Well, I'd probably you'd call it that, but, <laughs> but I just like, I like, I genuinely like all the bits that go with this business. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. very difficult. I, how I'd love to, well, I know I probably need to give away the mortuary um, care side of things and hire an embalmer or someone to work in the mortuary, but mm-hmm. I just need to know they're going to do as, you know, a nicer job that I would do and that, they, you know, the deceased people would go out looking and smelling beautiful and ready for their loved ones yeah. to see them. And, you know, so every bit is important and I love doing all that and I just got to, you know, not be so involved in everything. <laughs> Are you employing now? Uh, we have some casuals who work with us, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and they're wonderful, and they they love the work as much as we do. Um, but it's because the work is very it fluctuates so much. We you know you don't always have the work available every mm. week to put on a full time. But you know we will get there at some point. Just out of interest, yeah. where do you buy a hearse? Uh, on the internet. <laughs> 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 There's um, a couple of websites that sell secondhand uh, funeral um, funeral equipment, and you just go there, and they've got hearses for sale. And did you, ca- did you take a few hearses for a spin before you decided on the one you've you know got? I did. I absolutely did. Yes. <laughs> and we. Yes. Our, our hearse is fantastic. He's a, a country funeral director's hearse. And his name is Jenkins because he's like a butler. He's always in service and he's just fantastic. He's so good. He, lots of leg room in the back. I'm sure, I'm sure you could lie down, well, I suppose. You could if you wanted to, if you had the inclination or the desire to, you absolutely could. But it's a, he's great, you know, and uh, we do most of our own transfers. We've got a company that does that helps us out if we're on a funeral and someone passes and we need to, mm-hmm. you know, transfer them and bring them into our care. We've got another um, company that helps us and they're just gorgeous and you know, we love it that we can. They're a part of our team because the families love them as well. You know, when yeah. Have you been back to that expo in Sydney uh, where all the naysayers were to just kind of uh, hand out your car? <laughs> well, it was actually last weekend, and I just couldn't go because we were too busy. <laughs> too busy. I love it. I would have sent someone oh, up. I know. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I think I've run out of leave passes because uh, we've done a, a fair amount of um, travelling around a little bit just with um, I'm part of the Independent Funeral Directors Association now. So, you know, it's um, I can only spend so much time away leaving the husband to run everything. <laughs> is, is that association, uh, is that a mandatory thing or have you chosen to, what, are you sitting on the board of it? Um, or? I'm the Victorian state rep. And is that a good is that a good business um, move? I think 
I'm the type of person that, um, I mean, I'm very, very training focused, very professional development focused anyway. And mm. really, um, you know, for me, being part of this means that I can contribute some of my skills in training and professional development to this industry and trying to promote a bit of a culture within the, the small the small funeral uh, homes within Victoria, a way of working together and just sharing our knowledge. Um, I don't want to go back to what it was like when I started, you know, where no one shared any information. I would rather share what I know. And I have a couple of other female funeral directors that I'm good friends with. They have their funeral homes. I have mine. But they'll ring me up and they'll say, I've got a case. This is happening. That's happening. What would you do? And I'd say, look, try this, try that, get this particular product, use this, use that. And we help each other, you know. So Yeah, well, you know, that just doesn't happen enough, Carly. No. I just extraordinary how I had, a, I had a guest, my guest last week, he started a fellow by the name of Ray uh, Secluna, and he started the Video Easy franchise um, all those years ago. And and it, he actually he did share competitive knowledge. In fact, what he used to do was, if he didn't have a video in stock, he would send the customer down to the local Blockbuster store. Yeah. So, and you don't hear enough about this, do you? You know, like enough of like sharing your knowledge, and you know, there's enough to go around. There's enough to go around. If we've been, we've had a week where we were just we were very busy and. Um, and dare I say, fully booked. I couldn't take on another family um, and give them the amount of care and attention that I I wanted to. So mm-hmm. I, I rang a friend of mine who's also a female funeral director and I said, look, can you help? And she goes, yeah, absolutely. And I introduced the family to her. I would rather do that than let this family go to someone else, you know, yeah. that I wouldn't know. At least it's yeah. a warm introduction and they know that they're going to be looked after. Great. Oh, Carly, I really appreciate you sharing all this. And um, from from what I can tell, f- funeral director businesses are a family concern, so, and they go on for generations. So you may well be starting something that's, uh, you know, if you come back in a couple of thousand years' time, it could still be going. Well, you never. I've got a six-year-old who's quite interested, but my thirteen and a half-year-old is not that keen, right. unless there's pocket money involved. But um, oh well, that's fair enough. <laughs> exactly. But look, pretty it's entrepreneur. A, you know, it's something that I hope to be doing for at least another thirty years. So good on you. I wish you all the well, Carly Dalton from Greenhaven Funerals. Thanks for being part of the Small Business Big Marketing Show. Thank you, Tim. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together hooky, the Adams family. Ah, you got to love the Adams family. They are creepy and they are definitely crawly. Hey, team, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I want to share my top three, in fact, top four learnings from that little discussion with Carly. And these are brought to you by the good folk at Net Registry and 99designs.com forward slash SBBM. Learning number one from my chat with Carly, optimize each page of your website, okay? You got to do it. Complete your metadata so Google know what every single page of your website is about. Google don't see a website. They see pages. If you don't know how to do it, go to Net Registry. Give Net Registry a call or email them. They do. They offer that service. Number two, I love that Womo service that um, Carl is using to get testimonials. And importantly, what she's doing is responding 
to each testimonial, good, bad, or indifferent, having that conversation, engaging with the people who have said something about your business. That's a fantastic idea. And if you look at uh, at Carly's website, greenhavenfunerals.com.au, you'll see that feed coming from YMO with all the testimonials on it. Tip number three, um, help your competitors out. Hey, that's kind of, uh, that's a weird one, but I like that. Help your competitors out. If you've got overflow, bump them off to your competitors. Hey, that's, yeah, that's, some of you might struggle getting your head around that, but it can only, uh, it can only come back. I was going to say, it won't bite you on the bum. It'll only come back and do good things for you in the future. Bit of woo-woo there. And number four, be opportunistic. Carly actually took the chance for that interview there and then. Um, I rang her. She rang me back. She said she'd love to do the interview. I was going to set up a time for one or two weeks going forward to give a, a chance to um, to prepare, but I got the sense that she was so excited about the business. I said, hey, Carly, why don't we do the interview right now? And she said, yeah, let's do it. No better time than now. Be opportunistic in your business, guys. Look for look for chances uh, when they come your way. Don't put things off. I'd love to know what you got out of that little fireside chat with Carly, the funeral director. Head over to the show notes for episode 211 at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and leave a comment. I respond to every single one of them and would love to hear from you. Okay, inspirational quote of the week time. This one is from Joseph Pierce. No idea who Joseph is, but he's a good fellow because he said something highly intelligible. Joseph's quote is this, to live a creative life, we must lose our fear of being wrong. Love that quote. Hope you did too. That brings us almost to the end of episode 211 of Australia and New Zealand's number one marketing show. Got some great news on upcoming guests. Boy, oh boy. Personal trainer to the stars, Michelle Bridges, star of Biggest Loser, all-round superstar personal trainer. Excited to have Michelle coming on the show in coming weeks. I have got the founder of TEDx Melbourne. He's coming on to share his journey. I've got crazy social a crazy social entrepreneur from a brand of toilet paper called Who Gives a Crap to tell his story. Got the founder of this very cool tracking device. He went about crowdfunding and raised over 6,000% over target. Was hoping for $20,000, raised well over a million. He's going to explain how he did that. Hey, as you know, this show has been brought to us by netregistry.com.au and 99designs.com forward slash SBBM. Please use their services. It means this show will hang around longer and it means your marketing load will be lightened. You want to join the forum? I'm in there every day answering your marketing questions. Head over to crankmymarketing.com. Until then, may your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reed. Want more marketing goodness? Then visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com.